Welcome to the Adorned Women Podcast. Our goal is to inspire you with new stories each week featuring women of faith from all over the world and all walks of life. Through weekly discussions with each sister in Christ, we hope to give you a glimpse into who they are and how their lives have been transformed by the gospel. We're all in this journey together, so let's be inspired together. Hello, Adorned Women. Welcome back to the Adorned Women podcast. I'm your host, Alicia, and this week's guest is Stacy Dozer. Stacy is part of a Colorado-based ministry called Dare to Share, which equips youth leaders to advance the gospel through a relational approach. And the neat thing about this approach is that it emphasizes the power of story, specifically the power of your story. Stacy does a wonderful example of putting this power on display today as she shares her own story. As she shares her story, which includes her battle with cancer, God's faithfulness is consistently put on display by the testimony of her words and by the passion and joy as she delivers those words. Stacy's life has been far from easy, and she's been confronted with realities that no one should have to face, but she has a genuine hope in the Lord that's just contagious. As you listen today, I hope that you catch some of that relentless hope and that you're inspired to surrender your life, whatever it might look like, into God's hands. Enjoy today's conversation. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to the Adorned Women podcast. We're so excited to have you on today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored and humbled to be a part of it with you. Thank you. Yes, of course. No, I can't wait to hear your story and um, I'm I'm just ready to hear it. But before we get into that, would you mind sharing for our listeners a little bit of context for where you're at right now and what you're doing? You bet. Um, so I am, um, um, I'm married with two young adult girls um, and I'm currently in Colorado. Um, I've been married for 29 years to my high school sweetheart. Um, his name is Scott. And then we have two girls. Um, they're um, 25 and 20 um, and one is married. And I've had that beautiful joy of watching her step into that next chapter of her life, becoming a wife. And then our youngest is um, in college, currently pursuing her degree at Colorado Christian University is wanting to become a nurse. So um, yes, and I currently um, work for a nonprofit um, ministry in Colorado called Dare to Share Ministries. Uh, Dare to Share um, equips and encourages youth leaders to to help them understand what it looks like to have a gospel advancing ministry and to train their teenagers to have gospel conversations with their friends um, so that every teen every where can hear the gospel. Um, that's our mission and vision is to see every teen everywhere hear the gospel from a friend. So I've been there for about 18 years. Um, my husband is a pastor here locally in Arvada at Grace Church here in Arvada. Um, so ministry is our life. Um, it's what we do. It's who we are at our core. And um, yeah, that's currently what I'm doing uh, today and just love watching God at work all throughout the things that we're a part of and honored and get to be a part of it, how God is using us right now. Mm-hmm. That's so neat. What do you find yourself doing like on a personal level day to day in your work with that? Um, okay. So day to day at Dare to Share, I'm the development officer. So I get the joy of 
inviting adults to be a part of the ministry with us and encouraging them to be prayer warriors with us, link arms with us financially to help fuel and fund the vision. Um, it's a big vision to see every teen everywhere hear the gospel from a friend. We can't do it alone. So I get the joy of sharing that with adults across the country. I get to travel, meet a wonderful, wonderful adults who just are passionate about the gospel, passionate about this next generation and sharing the gospel with these teenagers so that we can change the trajectory of um, where we see this country going and raise up young Christian leaders to uh, take us to the next step. So I have been involved in that now for about eight years. Um, I've worn multiple hats there, but currently I am the development officer. Awesome. Awesome. Now, if we have time at the end, I would love to hear if you have any stories from that and experiences, even if they're secondhand um, from that ministry, because I think that's an awesome ministry. But right now, I know you have a slightly different story to share with us. So wherever you want to start, can you just jump in and share with us some of the ways that God has been with you and been evident in your life up to today? Oh, man, absolutely. Um, I think the thread through my entire story is seeing God's faithfulness. Um, when I think about my testimony and my walk with Jesus, that is where I constantly come back to is his faithfulness. Um, so when I was a young girl at just age nine, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, now keep in mind that was quite a while ago, <laughs> um, without revealing my age. Um, it was a long, long time ago. And back then the treatment for breast cancer was just, um, very, very hard. Um, it is still hard, not that it's easy, but they've come so far, um, in advancement in treatment. And so as a young girl at age nine, cancer entered my family. Um, I watched my mom fight, um, like a champion. And as a woman of the Lord, um, my goodness, she was on her knees praying. I watched her um, fight that, that cancer for five years and gave it her all. And God healed her by taking her home, um, which we know sometimes that isn't always the way we pray, right? To be healed. Um, sure, I would have loved to have had her stay and be with me, um, but God chose to heal her by taking her home with him. At age 13, I lost my mom. And as we all know, middle school and becoming a teenager can be very, very difficult, um, navigating a lot, right, of changes, and um, it can be hard. And so, again, God's faithfulness, even at age 13, I grew up in the church. Um, my, my parents were both very involved in the church, as I already alluded to. My mom was just a prayer warrior, loved, loved Jesus, and the church rallied behind my family. I saw that firsthand with the love of community and the love of our church family, my, my parents, friends, you know, bringing meals, helping us clean, stepping in and just being there for myself. I have an older sister who at the time was 18. So very difficult, you know, um, to navigate this new, this new normal in my life without having a mom. A fast forward 
um, teenage years, right? Again, I got very involved in sports. Thank the Lord, his hand on me of directing me to a crowd of people that helped me make good choices. And I stayed busy with sports. So I became a very busy athlete and I built very good friendships um, that way and continued to, of course, stay plugged into our church, um, entered into high school. And that is where I met my husband. As I said before, he's my high school sweetheart. God brought him into my life when I was a sophomore. He was a senior. And I absolutely see God's hand in in how he brought us together. When you were in a public high school of over 2,000 teenagers, that two Christian kids could find each other with the same morals and the same values, loving Jesus, it blows me away, right? I just think that that's almost a miracle in and of itself. Um, But as I met my husband, Scott, And we started dating, becoming a part of his church and his youth group became a routine for me. Um, I loved his church and I loved what they helped me understand. Um, Growing up, I knew the love of God and I knew I had a, a, a lot of head knowledge about God, but I didn't have the personal relationship. I hadn't made that switch of my own, so to speak. I had a lot of memorization, a lot of Bible verses, but I didn't understand the personal side until I started um, becoming a part of his youth group and his church. And it was at a, a retreat Um, with his youth group that I finally understood what that personal relationship looked like. And that's where I would say for me at age 16, I trusted in Jesus, finally understanding what that looked like in the gospel, how that applied to me, um, my walk with Jesus and, and how much he loves me, um, how he died for me. And um, so that I could have, you know, eternity with him. I finally, it all clicked. So, The beauty in meeting my high school sweetheart brought a new relationship. Um, God allowed me to meet him so that I could move closer to Jesus. I truly believe that. Um, And our our relationship was completely founded and based on Christ. I mean, we were committed to being in church together, doing devotions together, and God just led us on a really sweet path of dating, getting to know each other. All the while, I'm still a busy athlete, right? And um, still navigating this life without mom. Um, still lots of change there as I continue to, you know, mature and grow, um, still navigating that. So, um, we, after about five years of dating, we got married and, um, began a beautiful journey together, um, of waiting upon the Lord to bring us, um, into the right chapters and seasons, if you will, um, Scott was always called into ministry. And so Scott started that journey of ministry um, 28 years ago. So um, a long, long time um, of ministry there. And um, it has been beautiful to be a part of youth ministry, watching God transform the lives of these students that we've gotten to be a part of. Um, Man, the conversations we've had, the journeys we've had with these these teenagers that God put into our life was beautiful. So a life of ministry all the while about that time, um, you know, kids started entering the picture. Our very first pregnancy, I had had a miscarriage. Um, So talk about faithfulness again. 
hard time, another loss. I had lost my mom. Then I lost our first child. Um, of course, all the nerves there. Will I ever get pregnant? Can we get pregnant? Will I ever go full term? Am I able? Am I capable? All of that, right? And the enemy just is at work in that, that fear. And so we had to work through that. And that was difficult. Um, but we got through it and God, again, um, just using our marriage, strengthening our marriage. Scott has been that man of God to lead us to through things with our eyes focused on Christ all the time. It's been so exciting for me to, um, watch God use Scott and grow him over the years through his time of waiting to get into ministry and then leading us as well. So, Ministry, as I said, has been our life. It's where we are. But now fast forward, um, we have our girls and um, man, we are so blessed. Our, our girls have just been just a joy. Yes, we've had our struggles. Yes, we've we've seen God um, do some amazing things in and with them, with them too. Uh, but it has just been a joy um, to watch them choose Jesus. Uh, now, as young women, they walk with Jesus. They've chosen that. And that is I wouldn't, there's nothing more than I would want as a mother to know that my girls um, are, are going to be with me and Scott for eternity. And um, so we've watched them grow um, into beautiful young women. And then in 2017, um, we, we entered into a totally different season. Um, we had the scariest, scariest year of our life. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, May 24th. 2017, um, I got the words that I never thought I would ever hear, um, is that I have breast cancer. Um, now you heard me say a bit ago, my mom died of breast cancer when I was 13, um, 13. And, and I mentioned that the treatment back then was difficult and it still is. But what I meant by that is where they've come so far. All right. has been just amazing that the progress in treatment, but for me, when I heard those words, you can imagine that's all I thought of was her journey and how hard it was for her. The nausea, the sickness, the loss of hair, everything. I just immediately went right right there, of course. Like, that's all I knew. And so that day um, in the doctor's office, when we got the news, um, the scariest thing I think I've ever heard Um is that I had breast cancer. And I remember just looking at my husband who was with me, I was holding his hands and I, all I could say to him was, Scott, I'm sorry. And I think I, I felt like I needed to apologize because it was a fear of the worst fear for me coming true. And it resulted in a death on my side, right. With my mom. And so there was this natural, the immediate fear is I'm going to die. I mean, that's, it's just this natural it's cancer and it takes you back. And I just remember looking at him and Scott from that, that exact moment, Scott grabbed my hands and said, we'll thank God for this, for this cancer. We will give God praise for this cancer. And he immediately led us into prayer of honoring God and telling Jesus, we will give you praise for this. We will honor you through this. I couldn't say those words. I was full of tear. I was full of fear. But Scott was that leader in our home and he still is. And he was in that moment. And I truly, truly believe this, Alicia, that 
I believe the trajectory of my treatment and my journey with breast cancer, having, having it set on Christ, honoring him and choosing to choose joy and choosing that with Jesus is what changed my entire course of, of treatment. Um, and I'll explain what I mean by that. There is a really, a really great quote by Hudson Taylor. He's a Christian missionary to China back in the late 1800s. And it describes my life perfectly in that 12 months of treatment as I was going into this. And he says this, there are three stages to every great work of God. First, it is impossible. Then it is difficult. And then it's done. And I actually, I feel like that is the exact description of where I was going with that. So you see, when I first get the diagnosis, right, it's impossible. In my mind, it is fear. It's death. As I already mentioned, it's this, how am I going to get through this? Um, yes, we chose to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, but that doesn't stop the work of the enemy, right? Um, he's still there <laughs> um, seeking to devour and destroy. And so there were, there were many, many, many moments of fear. Scott wondered if I would make it. Was he going to have to raise our two girls on his own. I mean, all of those things are here. That's very real. But because we had our faith in God, we didn't see this as a punishment to us rather, but we saw the journey as a privilege. And I truly believe that God wants to, us to use our trials to point others to him, which is why I'm so honored to be a part of your podcast today. Because if there's Anybody that listens to this that is fighting a journey like this of cancer, whatever kind of cancer, and you can keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and allow him to work in and through you. And then as you watch God move, my testimony today is that I am healed. It is gone. I am cancer free. And I did not do that. That was all Jesus. He has worked in and through my life through this journey. Um, so that I could make sure other people know about Jesus. They could see him in this journey. And I truly believe, truly feel that God understands our suffering. Um, when Jesus, the son of God died for our sins on the cross, he entered into our pain, right? He took that on so he could save us from our sins and the pain associated with those sins. So he empathizes with my pain because he is love. Through faith in Jesus, this God-man who now understands my pain kept me from going too far into the unknown where I could feel that the journey was daunting. He kept me right where I needed to be because he knew pain. Um, he knew suffering. and But because of his love, he allowed me to experience this journey, this hardship, this trial, but because he loves me, he uses those things to mold me into the woman that I, I, he wants me to be, that I can be through him. And I really truly believe that that journey at the beginning, as it felt impossible, turned then into difficult. It didn't stay impossible because he moved me into that journey, right? He allowed me to, um, have those moments, right? It was fear, but he, he moved me into difficult. So I knew that my attitude was going to play a huge part in this. Um, I could choose joy. I could choose to be defeated. I could choose, you know, to be woe is me, but I choose joy. I decided to have an attitude of gratitude. I, and that was partly also, again, where my husband kind of put our minds right from day one. 
I would choose joy. Um, I knew that was going to set the tone for our family. I knew I wanted to um, have have that as our platform. That was our foundation was we're going to choose joy. Man, was that easy? No. Um, And I want to make sure that people are hearing me on this. Was my journey of cancer easy? No. I went through chemotherapy. I lost my hair. I've had two, um, a double mastectomy. I've had major surgery. I've had all of it. I mean, the whole thing. Um, It was not easy, but through his strength, the strength of my family that God gave them, I was able to work through now the next part of it being difficult. I did get through chemo. My husband and my family was with me every chemotherapy right beside me. Um, we would get through after chemo on Monday, I'd get through Tuesday and Wednesday feeling okay, but then I would hit what we called the wall. Um, Thursday and Friday of chemo week was hard. I did not feel well. Um, and they would hold my hand. They sat with me on my couch and they would read to me and, and we would talk about things as much as I could. And, you know, watching TV got boring and, and you can, I'm so tired. It was hard to read. Right. And so there were things that the journey provided to me, Alicia, that were so beautiful with Jesus is that there were moments where I literally just couldn't do anything but listen to worship. I would literally just put on worship songs and just lay there and rest and let the love of God and his word saturate my mind and my heart and just sit there and be still, right? We know in Exodus, be still, our God is fighting for us, right? Just be still. And that verse was one that I clung to there as well, because I knew that I couldn't do this, Alicia. I could not fight this cancer on my own. There's no way. He had to do this. And it was very humbling. I'm a very go-getter. I'm a doer. I'm an organizer. It's hard to ask for help. I'm going to get it done. And God took that and said, oh, you're going to need some help. It's humbling in that type of a journey. But it's beautiful when you see the love of your your family and your work um, team and church fight for you and rally behind you and bring meals to me every week. My, my staff at Dare to Share, every week of chemotherapy, I had meals brought every day. So I might not have been able to eat them because I wasn't feeling good, but it helped Scott provide and keep meals and dinners and lunches for the girls and for him. So again, my attitude would choose a major part of this, right? And so I chose joy and I chose to fight that way. And so it's difficult. I'm in chemo. I'm going through all of this. I had an amazing um, surgeon, an amazing oncologist that turned that impossible also to difficult. They'd show me there's a plan, Stacy. This is what we're going to do medically. And I prayed and thanked the Lord for my team. I prayed and thanked God for the chemotherapy. While it was still hard, I knew it could be a tool that God had provided that I could use to take care of this cancer, right? To fight it. Um, God ultimately is my healer. And I know that, but I praised God for those people around me that were giving me a plan. And so we chose join the journey. We had to fight hard. Um, and so having Scott beside me, my girls beside me, um, we go into the journey and we start chemotherapy and we go six hard months, chemotherapy, surgery, um, hour by hour of chemo dripping. You know, I mean, there's just, I could tell so many stories, but for the sake of time, I just need to, I want everyone to understand that 
it is a journey that you choose. You, you get a diagnosis that can change your life and it's, it's how you choose to fight it. And, and you can hear again, I'm choosing, I'm choosing Jesus, my husband, from the moment we got the news to the, to this very day, um, he literally just texted me a prayer and he said, let him shine. This is his story. Um, and that's what it is. This is all him. And so my journey then becomes six months into hard chemo, um, surgery. And then I say the journey becomes done. And I, I, I use my, my, um, in quotes like this, Alicia, because the journey is never truly done. I mean, I'm five years out, but I still fight the battle every day because there's still a level of fear that creeps into me that cancer will come back. And so the battle still belongs to him. I have to choose every day, even though I am done with the actual treatment itself. And I've come through chemo and my hair has grown back, as you can see, and I feel good and, and my body is, is healed. There's still the mental side of it that I still deal with my scars and I still deal with the fear that it might come back one day. But again, this is where I have to choose, Alicia, to fight through the enemy who wants to whisper be scared, be fearful, and remember his faithfulness, which is where I started this entire podcast with you is the word faithfulness. I have seen God's hand in my whole life from nine-year-old little girl dealing with her mom cancer and watching my mom fight to losing her, to seeing God provide my husband through losing our first baby to beautiful girls, to a job that we love and serving him in, in ministry to my journey of cancer. And now today, it has been impossible, difficult, done. But throughout the entire thing, Alicia, there has been him. And that's Jesus. And, you know, I, 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 I remind people all the time that the scars that are on my body are my, 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 my warrior scars, right? I fought, but he has scars. He has scars and his scars were to bear our sins on the cross. Um, and you know, just if there's anyone that is listening that doesn't know that love of Jesus, it is simply trusting in believing that Jesus died for you on the cross and has rose again. And that in that belief right there, it is by grace alone. There's nothing you have to do. It's just simply trusting that God sent his son, Jesus, to die for you, that sin cannot be removed by good deeds. There's nothing we can do, but by paying that price, Jesus has died and rose again so we can have life. And, and then life is eternal. And it starts right now. The minute you trust in Jesus, that eternal life begins now. Life of abundance with him starts now. And that's what we get to see here unfold with us on this earth is a life of abundance, sharing this with other people. So if there's anybody that is happening to be listening today to know that it has been a journey, it has not been easy. My life has definitely had very hard, hard times. And I know there's more to come. We know that, right? It's not, it's just, it's why we have to be battle ready, armed up every day in the word of God and praying because the enemy is seeking to devour us. But I'm going to choose joy in my journey. And I'm going to choose to continue to speak the name of Jesus and to share the gospel where I can. And um, I pray that, that somebody today would maybe even have understood that differently, that it's just it's just Jesus. He loves you and wants to have a relationship with you, wants to do life with you and walk through these moments like I have just come through with my family 
without Christ, Alicia, I have no idea how I would have gotten through that. I, I don't, I say that all the time. I don't know how people get through hard times without Jesus. Um, again, not easy. I please hear me on that. This was not easy, but it was, um, it was doable. It was, it felt impossible. It became difficult, but it was done. And it was done with the work on the cross and through the power and the love of Jesus that now is in my life. And I just want to give him the glory and I praise him every day for my healing. And I fight against the fear that it comes back. But, you know, I've had to say, if it comes back, is my Jesus faithful? Have I seen that work in his, in my life, right? Since nine years old until today? Yes. Will he fight with me again? Yes. And I have to remind myself of those things to not live in that fear, but to walk and choose the joy and to walk in his strength and his, um, his peace, knowing that he's with me beside it all and he's fighting. So that is my journey. And that's where I'm at now today is a five-year breast cancer survivor. It's a big deal to hit five years. I just celebrated in May. Every five years in the cancer world is another milestone where it reduces the chances of reoccurrence. And so I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take that first five years and um, continue to walk in that, in that journey um, with him. Wow. I love your passion. And you know what? All of those were incredible stories. But my favorite moment was when you just described hearing the news and how your husband immediately was there and immediately pointing it back to Jesus. And I think that moment, it captures just a huge part of what we're all about at Adorned Women. And just with the stories we share is this theme of surrender. I think that moment was an excellent example of just immediately, it's not like it was a natural surrender, but it was a choice and you chose and he chose when you were maybe too weak to in that exact moment. But to choose surrender and keep God on his throne and say, you know what, this situation is not good, but God is good and we are in surrender to him. I love that position that you had in that moment. And I think that that it sounds like that has been an ongoing um, an ongoing effort in your life is to stay surrendered to God no matter what the circumstances. I would love to hear if you have any specific examples that could illustrate what that journey has been like, the journey to stay surrendered, maybe even before that time, but especially since having that diagnosis. How has that journey played out of wanting to stay surrendered to the Lord even when it's hard? Such a great question. And I do love the beauty in that too, that I think the journey with Jesus, just as a, as a disciple, I, I like to refer to myself as a disciple because I'm constantly learning, right? I'm constantly trying to follow after him and walk so close, right? That his desk gets on my feet, just like those disciples did. So I'm constantly learning. Um, and surrender is something that I think is daily. It's hourly, Alicia. Um, sometimes it's by the minute. Um, and so I'll give you a, a very tactical way of that, how that surrender looked for us. Um, and, and again, I think naturally, okay, for all of us, it's easy. And I, I have my hands open here, like this posture of here's my, here's what I want to give. It's so easy, isn't it, Alicia, though, just to grab something and hold it like this and pull it tight and clinch it. But if we keep our fists clenched like this, then how has he put anything in our hands? But if our hands can stay open, that analogy for me, I love, I heard that once, then God is able to take, but he's also able to put in something in my hands, right? He's he say, here you go, Stacy. Here's something I, I desire for you and a blessing, favor, whatever that is. But clenching our fists, we can't. It's, it's, it's mine. It, it has a posture of, you know, oh no. 
But the way I had to surrender, Alicia, um, in, in my journey, especially, um, a dear, dear friend of mine early on in my journey was meeting with me over coffee um, before everything got started. And she used a phrase for me um, that I absolutely clung to. And I actually share this now with so many people. When anybody is going through anything difficult, it doesn't necessarily need to be cancer, anything difficult. Um the phrase was, Stacy, remember to do the next best thing. Each day, Stacy, do the next best thing. And I, I loved that because here's why. Sometimes, um, and you know, Lisa, you've heard this. You probably said this to someone. You'll say, take it a day at a time. Have you heard that? You've said that, right? But when you're in the middle of a cancer journey, even one day feels daunting, (laughs) especially the day of chemotherapy, right? Take it a day at a time. Well, that day of chemo isn't a fun day. That day is extremely hard. That day is long and then you don't feel well. And so when I say that, it still was, it's still helpful, but in that right there, that is, it's so difficult. But when I say do the next best thing, that gives me more of this posture of, okay, Lord, the next best thing for me right now, maybe, and, and, and this is what we would ask ourselves all the time, is Scott would say, okay, you don't feel well. What's the next best thing you need to do? Okay. In that moment, I might say, I need a shower. <laughs> I need to go take a hot shower. Okay, go take a hot shower. Then after that, what's the next best thing, right? I might want to try to eat something, okay? Or I need to sit and turn on that worship song. I need to read that scripture again. I need to hear that sermon again. What, you know, do you see where I'm going with this? It's what's the next best thing. And on a, on a, on a, a Jesus side, <laughs> surrender is just that it is literally minute by minute, sometimes, you know, hour by hour, day by day. It's Jesus. What's next best thing for me and Jesus. What, what do I need to do? And it's sometimes in that moment, it's, I need to, I'm so sorry, Lord. I've I've made it about me. Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe again, it's a worship song. Maybe you need to call a friend who you know is going to push you to Jesus, right? She or he might lead you right to some scripture, but it's this, it's this posture of, I can't, I can't do this. He can, um, It's also a quote that I love to use, and I'll give credit where credit is due on this one. This is from Louis Giglio um, from Passion City Church. Um, I just happen to um, enjoy his preaching a lot. And um, he did a new book recently, a release, a new book said um, it's titled Don't Let the Enemy Have a Seat at Your Table. And it's a great read about fighting the enemy. And as you fight the enemy, one of the great postures of surrender when you're working on allowing Jesus to take control instead of letting you know the enemy take control is to use this wording, um, he can, I can't. But Louie encourages you to do it every time you take a step. So if you're out on a walk or you're walking to the car or you're going into your office or you're walking across campus or down the hallway, wherever, you can say, he can, I can't. He can, I can't with every step you take. And again, that is just another example of a tangible way to work on surrender is to remember that I can't do this. He can. And it gives us that proper reverence as well, reminding myself that I, I'm not in charge of this. 
but I'm going to fight the enemy. I'm going to remember who can, and I'm going to keep my hands open and I'm going to think through what's the next best thing and keep my eyes focused on honoring him, leaning on him, leaning on others. Again, the others that are, that are pushing you to Jesus and focusing in, in that posture and that heart of Jesus. I can't, but you can. And it's not easy, which is why I said, sometimes you have to do it minute by minute, because I have literally been in one hour of great surrender and the next hour, the enemy's all wrapped around me again. And I'm back in my, my stupor, you know, I'm back in my, oh, and you got to do it again. And that's the battle though, of the Christian life, isn't it? It's not perfect, but every day we have to get up and choose to say, I choose to trust you with my plan. I choose to seek you and to follow you. It's not going to be perfect. I'm going to screw up. Oh my goodness. Do I, nobody has it all together. <laughs> my, I am the first to say that I do not have it all together, but I choose every day to say, I want to look more like you. How do I do that? I know I can't, but he can. So that would be my encouragement in surrender. Right. Yeah, that's a, a great reminder. Just the, and coming from you to that is incredibly powerful because for you, it wasn't just surrendering like, like maybe a job decision, which is a big thing in itself too, or oh, sure. a relationship or things like that. But for you is really surrendering your life. Like you were really put up against this reality that it's in his hands. And there's no power. We have no power over that. Um, and so that's just a fantastic reminder that however small it needs to be, day by day, hour by hour, or minute by minute, step by Amen. step. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can. I can't. I can't. He can. I love that. Um, now, you mentioned those couple of quotes that were that were very helpful for you as you went throughout this journey and as you battled cancer. I would love to hear of any scriptures or other encouragements that stuck with you and really empowered you throughout um, <laughs> this journey. I'm only giggling because honestly, um, I'm sitting here right now. I have a journal that I received. Uh, my daughter gave to me before she went to college and it was a journal for me to journal my thoughts on that transition of life of my oldest going to college, but it quickly turned in my journal of everything. I uh, scriptures, I have song. I mean, this thing is full Alicia. I have songs. I have scripture. I have quotes. I mean, I have so much, um, I have so much, but if I had to put my finger on one verse that I truly, truly, truly believe um, is the one that, that gives God the glory and summarizes my journey is Romans 9, 17. And it reads, I raised you up for this reason so that I may display my power in you and my name be proclaimed. That is the reason why I believe God allowed me to fight cancer so that I can display his power and I can display his name and I can proclaim his name. And that when, when Jesus gave me that verse, that was it. I heard that and I thought, that's it. Because of course, as a cancer, you know, I'm working through cancer, the question of why, of course, why, why, you know, it, it's natural. But when I heard that verse, it helped me understand that the, even the way he chose to heal me, Alicia, that's another side to this story that I could have talked about, but there's some survivor's guilt. Because I have met with and talked with and seen other cancer um, patients not survive. Okay, um, the journey it was hard, right? And and cancer and cancer took them. Um, 
and, and they, that battle they lost um, to cancer, I should say. And I, I feel guilty sometimes. Why did God choose to heal me this way? How come my journey didn't look like this other lady or some, you know, you can compare the minute I got this verse, this is that it, it all came to, came to um, light for me. This is it. He raised me up. He brought me up out of my darkness, out of my trial, so that I may display my power in you and my name be proclaimed. And that is what I have cho- I'm choosing to do, Alicia, from here until the day God calls me home. He is my healer. He did, he brought me through this and I will proclaim his name. And it helps me to really keep that perspective on my journey and continue to keep him um, first. Yeah. Well, I love that God has given you this story and this passion too about sharing it. And it's so perfect too, because you work with Dare to Share and you are taking (laughs) the same passion that you have ownership of in your own life and really just bringing it to others as well. So, um, As we wrap up, I've only got time for about one more question. I do want to come back to that and ask you for a story, maybe one that you've witnessed personally or heard about, but just about the ministry of Dare to Share and the impact that that has had on teens' lives or um, others who have been touched by the ministry. Uh, There are are countless, (laughs) countless stories, Alicia, but, you know, um, something at Dare to Share that we encourage teenagers... um, it's not easy to talk to people about your faith, right? We know that in today's culture, it's hard. We just want to instill the boldness and the courage in teenagers to open their mouth and have a gospel conversation. And Alicia, I think um, what I've done today and what we encourage our students to do when we train them is to simply share your story. It's your story. Um, People can't argue with your story. Right. I mean, my cancer journey is my cancer journey and he healed me. And that is how I'm able to share the gospel with people whenever I that I come in contact with. And I I just saw a woman out at the airport when I was traveling just two weeks ago, walking through the concourse. She had um, a a little hat on her head. Her head had been shaved and she had a T-shirt on that said, I can beat this. So my first thought is. She's probably fighting cancer. And so I use my story. She sat down just real close by me and I sat there and I said, oh, I want to talk to her. I want to talk to her. But, you know, you have to be sensitive. I didn't want to just, you know, hey, (laughs) but you know what? I did talk to her and I, it gave me an opportunity to share. Um, she's, you know, I, I made sure she, she actually did have a relationship with Jesus. And then I got to pray with her just for the strength. But my point in that is it was my story. Okay. And that's what we tell people at dare to share our students at dare to share, share your story. And we teach them how to, how to give the gospel in just a simple acrostic that can give them a template um, and remind them of those, um, the, the template of the gospel as they weave their story into the gospel. And that's what it's about. It's just sharing your story, but it's making sure people um, understand, you know, that there is a heaven and a hell and that it hangs in the balance. And we want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity. Now, one sweet story, and I, we can end with this is, um, during COVID, um, as you know, everybody in the world, you know, had to pivot and make changes. And we got a story of a young girl um, that was outside in her park on her PE hour, her her class PE class, but it was online. But the teacher had sent them outside <laughs> to get some fresh air, which I love. And this sweet girl went out to the park. She had been to a dare to share. The, the girl that um, went outside had been to a dare to share training. Okay, so she knew 
about our, our app that we have for teenagers and adults to share their faith. She knew how to share her story. Okay. She goes outside, she's in her PE class. She sees a young person, another young teenager, another girl outside crying. So she approaches that young girl outside. She shares the gospel with this young girl and the girl that was crying puts her faith in Jesus. All because this girl that was outside for her PE class had some training. She was bold and courageous to open her mouth and she cared enough to see someone else hurting and approach this person and had a conversation. I'm certain the conversation didn't go perfectly, right? But it was clear enough. And that's what we have to remember is that we feel like we might not be able to articulate the gospel, but you guys, we have to remember that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide our words. We simply have to be obedient to taking that opportunity. And when we do, God's going to lead us through the conversation. He's not going to leave us hanging. And that sweet girl that day outside by herself in the middle of COVID was able to bring the love of Jesus and change someone else's life. And that's what we are all about at Dare to Share is empowering these teenagers and these youth leaders to really engage into what we call gospel advancing ministry, which just simply means the youth leader be all about the gospel. Make sure the youth leaders are sharing the gospel and really equipping and encouraging the kids to to get out there. But we are so proud of that sweet girl. And that story came to us from her youth leader. He wrote in to tell us, thanking us that we had given her the training. But we said, thank you, youth leader, for getting her out there and, and encouraging her. So that's one of many. But that one was special because of COVID, it was so hard. And as we know on our young people, so, so difficult, hard on everybody but our young people. And there she was with the courage that day to share the, share the gospel. So that's one of many, but I am honored to be a part of the ministry and honored to do ministry with my husband at our church and with our girls and, and just honored to walk this journey that he has us on and we'll do all we can to continue to give him the glory. So. Mm, right. Yeah. That story and just your story as well. Just such a strong poignant reminder that there is power in story. And just our story. You don't have to come up with the greatest story. God's writing it in your own life. And his gospel is weaved throughout that. I, I'm so grateful for that reminder today um, from you. And even from that small example, Dare to Share's ministry. I love that. And we're all about that as well here at Adorned Women too. So thank you again for sharing today. Um, as we wrap this up, is there anything we can be praying for you and your family and your ministry? You know, I, again, thank you for having me. I've just been honored and so humbled this last hour to be with you. Um, I've, I've loved it. I've loved this. Um, I do appreciate your, your prayer requests. I do pray just against the work of the enemy, truly. Um, I do believe that he is, he's roaming, you know, he's wanting to devour and take us down. Um, and we're on the front lines in ministry and we recognize that and we want to just stay um we just want to stay in that posture of surrender and i just pray that we can continue to fight the enemy in that and that together as a family we can continue to just walk in boldness and courage together um and that we can continue to see um you know god just do great things so i just again just the prayer to stay armed up and battle ready and the strength to do that is honestly what i would covet prayer for so thank you for asking thank you for listening to the adorned women podcast If you enjoyed what you heard here, then follow us on our Instagram for even more great content all week long. Our handle is at AdornedWomen. 
You can also visit our website at www.adornedwomen.com. And of course, join us again next week as we connect with another sister in Christ and learn so much from her life of faith. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.